Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top Chef for Half Up. I'm Haley Strong. I'm here today with Kurt Clark. Hi, Kurt. Hello. What's up? <laughs> you know what? Just chilling. Another, just, you know, another Sunday, another Easter. Getting by. Latanya. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome Thank back, you for I having guess. Me. Thank you. For having you. You live here. This Thank is, you. Yeah. This Thank is you your for podcast having me home. at my home. <laughs> Happy Easter, everybody. Happy if Easter. you celebrate. Um, happy Esther if you don't. Um, my husband, Ethan, has been calling himself the Easter Bunny all week. Wow. Um, and so now and you our, divorce, divorce, our, our divorce papers have been filed. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That seems right. That's horrible. That's why I'm not <laughs> married. <laughs> I will divorce you. <laughs> uh, and as a special Easter treat, it is. It is not just the three of us today. No, 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 no. We have a special guest, celebrated executive chef, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, um, introducing the world to Mississippi-inspired cuisine. You may know him from Comfort Nation, Chopped, Cutthroat Kitchen, Firemasters, or you probably most likely know our guest, Chef Nick Wallace, from last season of Top Chef. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that that introduction. You started off with Mississippi, so that makes me really, really happy. <laughs> well, you couldn't miss it. Yeah, thank you. I Good couldn't Mississippi it. Oh, gosh, here all week. You know what? Maybe I should. <laughs> you and Ethan are perfect for <laughs> yeah, each other. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just retract those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> they do sound like a cool t-shirt, but I guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a shirt. I'm always saying that. There you go. So, so Nick, are you a longtime Top Chef fan, a newer Top Chef fan? Tell us about how you got on the show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, tell us anything else you want to tell us. We're here for a good so, time and a long time. Yeah, I, I would say I'm a newer uh, Top Chef fan. Um, I wasn't uh, definitely intense, like, uh, for example, like Buddha. Um, honestly, when I got, you know, uh, the call about being on Top Chef Houston, then I went to, I watched my first full um, season at that point. Um, I've, wor- I've watched bits and pieces of episodes, but nothing full. So um, I, have, I have to say that I was not prepared for 
the family challenge, especially everybody knows about restaurant wars. It was a lot of stuff I wasn't prepared for. Um, so, um, but now I am, I'm a big fan right now. I am locked into season 20. Um, I don't miss any piece of it. Um, I think it's a uh, super fantastic too. You find yourself like watching the show and like itching to participate in some of these challenges. Are you like happy to just watch it for, as a fan and let them, you know, toil in, in the turmoil? I'm learning when I, when I, when I watch, you know, I'm, I'm glued in to season 20 and I'm writing things down in my same top chef black book. Um, and I find mm. myself on the show. I do. Um, so what, if it ever happens again, um, you know, you're going to be seeing Nick like 5.0 uh, this time because I'm going to be well more versed and educated when it comes down to uh, Top Chef. But, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan, big fan. So now. you're saying the producers should be in touch is what you're saying? Um, yeah, they, 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 should be, they should be in touch. Um, it, you know, and, 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 you know, I need it. You know, Mississippi needs it. it it's not just about mm. me, but we need a voice. And we need to continue to have that voice for Mississippi, uh, especially on that platform. Yeah, for sure. And this season's cool because you actually know pretty much all of the American contingent. Um, you competed with Buddha and Don, Amar and Sarah. I guess Sarah probably hasn't judged you, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. But Don no. and Amar have. Is it fun yeah. seeing them? Is it fun seeing them play again? Like going from judge to contestant, and then Buddha just doing two seasons in a row. Yeah, well, with Don, um, I got to spend a lot of time with Don because you know Don was all over Top Chef Houston. It was you know, so we I even had a boat ride with her out there fishing. So it was pretty oh, cool. uh, amazing. Um, so just to just to see her back competing again, but yeah, Buddha. You know, I'm sure Buddha is. Um, a little tired, but I'm glad that he's uh, very vibrant and energetic, um, and it's super great. I don't know if this has happened before, that a chef has jumped on back-to-back -back seasons. I don't know if it's happened before, but I think it's great. I can't think of any time. I, I'm, I, I think there's been some who went from season seven to season eight, which eight season eight was all top, or top stars. <laughs> all-stars and then probably the last all-stars there may have been one or two but we've never seen a winner come back and like especially like back to back mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well you, I, I think that's great do you have any favorites from this season uh so from this season um uh, of course i'm i'm definitely rooting for buddha uh because mm -hmm. me and me and buddha definitely um you know, created a romance on Top Chef Houston. Um, it, it was great. Uh, I admire him. Um, and I like um, Ali. I do. I think uh, so Ali he. is. Yeah, he's super impressive. He's consistent, too. Um, and, I, I, and I like Amar for uh, a lot of different reasons. Because, yeah, um, I'm really supporting the, the U.S. But Amar is that um, that character that you need on the show. He's a good balance yeah. to mm -hmm. everybody, you know. Um, and he kind of has a, you know, to me, a Southern kind of flair to a lot of his cooking, too. And that's one of the reasons why I admire him, too. Mm. 
So let's get right into this episode. Um, the quick fire challenge. We have to create a celebratory dish featuring mead and honey. And our guest judge is we're welcoming back Michelin star chef and restaurateur Adam Handling, who was in um, was it the first challenge or the second? I think it was the first in the Kew oh. Gardens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like a mead? I I do. I the I on Friday, the night that this aired, I was actually at a local meadery. Uh, uh, I was at, I, gosh. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, the Grand Rapids, Michigan has a ton of breweries, and there's a, a meadery, which I always have to pronounce it because I think I'm saying meat, like, which would not be a bad thing. Yeah, a meadery would also be great. Yeah, meadery would be awesome, but a mead, meadery, yeah, they, I had a, then I had a, like a, a huckleberry mead, a papaya mead. Uh, yeah, so if anybody's in, in uh, the Grand Rapids area, I highly recommend checking out Arctos uh, Meadery, A-R-K-P-O-F. It's, uh, it's a kind of small hole in the wall place, really kind of cool laid back vibe. But long story short, love me some mead. Love me the sweeter side of uh, of the drinking world. I love a mead too. There's um, a winery here in Niagara, uh, Rosewood, that does a mead. They're, they're known for also like having a bee farm and stuff. So they do all of their own honeys. And with that, they do a mm. mead. So if you go for a wine tasting there, you can do a mead tasting, which is really, really fun. Um, you know, Niagara is a hotbed of agriculture up here in Canada. So we got a lot of cool stuff kicking around. I've had mead before at, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the restaurant, but it's the restaurant that is that does all the room service for the Hilton Orington in Evanston, Illinois. Um, and they serve meads on their like menu along with like lots of beer, like local beers and stuff. And I got to have a like a, just a flight tasting of mead. Um, just because uh, it was recommended that I do it and they just gave it to me for free. It was it was a fun night. I was there by myself and just kind of like flirting with the bartender. So, uh, yeah, meat is great. I also love honey. Like I am just a honey yeah. girl. I will eat a lot of honey. Just this is such an old fashioned challenge, though. This is something that you would imagine someone having you do in the 1700s. Create a meat and honey <laughs> <laughs> focused menu. Pay a large feast with mead. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really, I thought this was fun. And um, I do think mead is like pretty popular in the UK. So I do love that we're still kind of hitting those um, traditionally UK um, buttons here on this season. Um, so let's get into some of the dishes. Boudette made a birthday crepe with honey roasted bananas. Um, Gabri made mead beurre blanc with poached lobster and honey poached baby corn. Um, I will. I would love to be signed up for a mead beurre blanc, mm -hmm. especially with poached lobster. That sounds good to me. Ali made homemade cottage cheese with poached apricot and glazed mead. Um, I feel like it's brave to make cottage cheese in thirty minutes. I but <laughs> IDK man. <laughs> Nick, how often have you made homemade cottage cheese? Um, once, um, long, long time ago. Um, and, um, I actually, when I had me for the first time, I was in, um, I was in Canada. I was in, uh, filming Firemasters 
and I had this uh, ricotta and and meat. Um, it was uh, it was tasty, and also I had a flight as well, Latanya, and yeah, um, and it was it was great. Um, I think the flight is the way to go because it's so many different yes. options, um, but it's so versatile. I think you know you were spot on about the butter. Um, I think it's great with cheese. It's great cottage cheese. I think it was. I think it was probably great. I could taste it. Nick, where did you film uh, Fire Masters? Do you remember, like what city? Um, Franklin, I think. I think it was Franklin. Franklin. I believe. Where is? Was it yeah. in Ontario? Yes. Yeah. Look up Franklin. Yeah. Interesting. It, oh boy. It was. It was pretty cool because you just go into this. Uh, nice suburban neighborhood and you look in the middle and this whole big production team is out there in the middle of a neighborhood putting on this uh super great show it's it's pretty awesome oh cool for those of you you listening at home it looks like it's about two hours outside of toronto near near peterborough for the for the hyper local ontario listeners (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm disappointed that you did not know immediately where that was. Like, okay, to be fair to me, <laughs> it's very small. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't you know all of the land you inhabit? Yes. I, you know what? I should. And usually I'm pretty good at that. I know everything about America. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, America's a lot smaller than Canada. Uh huh. There's a lot more land to think about. It's not what Canada. I know. Not what I learned. <laughs> uh, Sylvia made dumplings with a mustard, honey, and meat sauce. This was at the bottom, but I thought it sounded delicious, and it was probably one of the top things I would order. I mean, Adam yeah. isn't wrong. Blending honey mustard, great combo. Classic. Uh, Sarah made canary melon and mead soup with honey yogurt and dried seeds. A um, little bit of interaction in this one. Judges had to pour their own soup base. What a thrill. You'll need a spoon for this. And then they had the emergency spoon drawer. That was amazing. <laughs> I feel like I they should just so have funny. a spoon out there. Yeah, she was like, oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. I have all the utensils. Begonia made a Mediterranean cookie with tomatoes, anchovies, and honey. A little serving issue with this one. This is where the, the, the it fell upside down and Bob was like, oh, okay. I, again, okay. I have been on this all season long. We, we need to just use the bowls as bowls. We can't be flipping them upside down. <laughs> we can't be filling them with corn nuggets and serving stuff on top of it. And this is why. Padma dropped it. Yeah. And she's a professional. She's a professional eater, as she pointed out later in the episode that she is made for this job. But, um, Baganya, I will forgive you because I adore you. But yeah. And she saved it uh, in a way that barely made it look like it dropped at all. Oh, yeah. Not something I could have done. I would have been like, just pick it up. Like, yeah. Well, and it also makes me think about how difficult it would have been to carry the two bowls upside down bowls over to the table without like dropping one of them psa to all of the people on this show bowls are for bowling all right they're for bowl activities not whatever this is please stop this it's making us anxious uh victoire was in the top with her shrimp guacamole a thrill to see her alive and we didn't get God. confirmation we didn't get confirmation <laughs> of that at the end of the last episode whether or not she was alive thrilled to see her here this episode wasn't thrilled happy the way this episode went ultimately but was not thrilled to get 
uh, to like barely know that she was alive and to get top of the episode husband kids. We I was in, like, oh my God. Yeah, I was worried we were saying goodbye to Victoire this episode. What are we doing? Here? And then someone has the gall to cook with walnuts during the elimination challenge. I know! What are they trying to do? This is out of control at this point. Don't use that ingredient if you know that it could kill someone that is five feet away from you. And, and Nick, we were talking about this last week in terms of I think this is like last week with her, uh, with Victoria's allergic reaction. It's one of the first times I think we've recalled seeing that on one of the shows. Is that something that they, they screen for as part of the, the, the casting process or like once you're on board like, let us know, like, do they try to actively avoid things like that or look into it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm quite surprised that that even happened, you know, to be quite honest, uh, because Todd Chef does a, a, a great job with, you know, going through, making sure you, you know, allergies, they go through all this. They want to know because they want to, you know, you've got to get fed and they want to keep you safe. So I'm surprised that that happened, honestly. Um, but I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful that she's okay. I wonder if she just like, because we, we learned last episode that she's only been speaking English for four months. I wonder if in that process leading up to the actual show, if she just wasn't able to communicate that allergy properly to the production staff because like I, I yeah this, this might be the first time we've ever seen something like that but the second that yeah, as it, a player yeah. you learn that they have an allergy don't you just stop using like not use the ingredient as like mm-hmm. uh, sorry nick i didn't mean to interrupt you because obviously you've been there mm-hmm. but like if if you thought that one of your con- fellow contestants was going to i don't know die from being around an ingredient that you're using, would you just not use it? Yeah, you would stay completely away. And so, um, you know, I, I really honestly, um, with what you're saying, unless she did not communicate that, that's the only how that I see a lot of these because the culinary team with Top Chef is just all over it. Um, so that, that's, yeah, they're, they're great. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining that they like remove the walnuts from the ingredient list for all future challenges, but whoever owns the Verbo and just happened to have a bag of walnuts that somebody found, like, oh, I'm going to use Maybe. <laughs> um, anyways, her shrimp guacamole looked unreal. Looked Out of everything, this is probably what I would be ordering. Yes. Um, Mar was in the bottom with his hot honey fried chicken with orange pancakes and whipped mead. Unfortunate, because I wanted all of this in me. I know it looked good. It looked good. It also looks sweet, though. Some stuff just yeah. looks sweet. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, boyfriend Tom won with his <laughs> pine honey duck with honey caviar. I was pretty. Uh, listen, I like food, classically food. I'm not often impressed by all of the science of food, mainly because I'm dumb and don't understand how any of it works. Um, the honey caviar was truly stunning, and I would also like to try that. It it just made you happy that you got so much good Tom content throughout this episode. Yeah, though, I it? love I love Tom Tent. <laughs> uh Charbel made better net squash. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Uh Charbel made a butternut squash with feta cheese, toasted cashews, and meat sauce. He was also in the top. And then Nicole was in the bottom with her mead zabione and honeyed strawberries. 
Nick, do you have any ideas of what you would you would make in this challenge? Um. Well, uh, you talking about the quick fire? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I would actually honestly stick with uh, cheese, um, but I think the, the the meat caviar was one that I, uh, I adore that I probably would go after. And also uh, some chilies. I would put a little bit of spice mm. and, and a little bit and a little bit of lemon to it as well. Um, but I would have done yeah. a toast. I would have did a toast. Mm. I think it, it's like ideal for it. And eating with your hands, too, I think it's like the perfect way to to eat this type of uh, this challenge, too. Yeah, we didn't. Other than a Mars hot honey, we didn't really have anything here with a lot of spice, but that that, that sounds like it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like getting yeah. a little bite to it. And then for our elimination challenge, we have create a family style dish inspired by your favorite holiday. They have a shared budget of 1000 pounds. This is a sponsored by Verbo. So they're going out to a Verbo in the English, English countryside to cook all together in the same kitchen. Nick, this is pretty similar to a challenge you guys did in your season. Um, I'm trying to think of where you guys went. It was like on the coast, though, wasn't it? Or am I making that up? Yeah. Yeah, well, You're not making it rained, up. right? Yeah, we was in Galveston. Galveston, yes. of course. Of course. Okay. Was that the that was the family one where the where you were kind of surprised by family members? Is that correct? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. That's uh, my first time crying on Top Chef. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how people aren't just constantly a mess I, on this show. Honestly, like every single confessional or talking head, I would just be in tears. There's just too much stress. Yeah, and then, and then you, yeah, it, it is a lot of stress. And, you know, you, you have all these these culinarians out there that work extremely hard of trying to just show their sales for their community and all that. But I'm going to tell you that, you know, sometimes you just got to let it out. You know, go in the corner and just, it's so great, just let it out. I had to. And I was scared to death to do it on, on camera, but at that one point when I when I saw my mom too and, and things just came, you know, completely real at that point. Your mom was one of the stars of that episode too. So that was just really yeah. great to uh to have. Just like your mom would be great on television too. Has been great on television. I told her she don't believe me. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe she'll listen to this and believe you. Okay, and let's get I'm her trying, hosting something. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, Nick. Also, like in that one, I know you, your family members were were served. Did the chefs all sit down to dine as well, like they did in this episode? Or was it primarily the judges and the family members who were the diners in your episode? No, we 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 all got a chance to eat okay. everybody's food. Um. Okay. Yeah, we didn't sit. We weren't forced to sit at one table uh, so we could spread around and sit. I sat on a couch with my mom outside. Um, So all all that was great. So you got a chance to eat everybody else's food, too. So I like these kind of episodes because you get to uh, really taste it for yourself. And my mom, she has been, you know, she grew up on a farm. My mom had a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, she was kind of blown away when the results came. But, you know, it is what it is. But it's good That's to really have cool. that 
can I ask as as a nerd uh what your what the like competitive mindset is of going into a challenge like this where you're essentially cooking family meal but you're doing it for all of the judges and it and you could get sent home for it like how do you approach this from the head or the heart or a combination of both I I think you got to be at a combination of both um you need the heart you you need you of course you need the head to direct you um you know, I tell you this when when I saw this challenge, all I could think about was my headspace um, in my um, home kind of family challenge because I got completely in my head, and it was a twist for hours because you know um, the guest that you was cooking for, which was on paper, you know, if they said that they was allergic to something or they didn't want this, they put it down. So it's a little tricky from our episode uh, because I wanted to make mac and cheese because I know that's my mom's favorite and I knew it was had to be her coming on. But at the bottom, it said that I was lactose intolerant and I'm just like, okay, now I'm screwed. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so when I, when I saw Buddha, I think uh, that may have been one of his, because you can get caught up in your head. It, it's got to mm-hmm. be a balance. Okay. I think and, keeping and, it simple. And earlier you kind of mentioned like some of the challenges that always come up, um, like restaurant wars. Um, you know, we see them every season. And this is the second season in a row we've seen this family style dish. And honestly, I would love to see it oh. be a mainstay. I think um, we've been kind of begging for four episodes to really get to know some of these chefs better. And I thought this was a great opportunity to really get to know these people's stories a lot more. And I was really, I was really Mm -hmm. thrilled with this episode overall in this challenge. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah, this was, this was one of my probably favorite episodes in a long time, to be honest. And, and just like you were saying, we'd love, I mean, we had the iteration of it last season. We'd love to see this be like, even just the element of them like cooking for each other for there to be kind of casual conversation mm-hmm. on the table. I imagine it's, there's some awkwardness when like they're praising one person's dish and then they eat your dish and there's maybe just, <laughs> at least from the edit, <laughs> yeah. from the edit yeah. there's like just maybe silence or I'm sure there's, there's more that's said and they have to kind of tell the story through how mm-hmm. much is actually said. But just, I, I just loved in this episode, the, the chance for them to try each other's dishes, see how they react, compliment each other's dishes. And then just the stories they told regarding like what holiday or celebratory moment this was for them, whether it was Celia's, uh, uh, you know, Easter celebration or Begonia's more like Christmas time. Um, I, I, just, I just thought that what you learned about each person really came out in this episode. Would love to see this be like mm-hmm. a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also Agreed. kind of fun to see them all have to share this kitchen. Oh, it yeah. look it looked like a yes. bigger kitchen. It was more, a bigger kitchen than than, than from last season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot more cooking surfaces, et cetera, et cetera. Although we did, you know, we had a couple little arguments over some some oil and stuff, but that's to be expected. Uh, Sylvia made a Polish white borscht with pork, potatoes, and quail eggs served with horseradish. Um, I mean, it looked incredible. Like, I've never <laughs> heard of a white borscht. That, Neither have I. It's amazing. Well, 
the, the white borscht is for Easter, the red borscht is for just oh, wait, no, that was the good. Yeah, the white the white borscht is for Easter, which is fitting for okay. us watching this episode mm-hmm. just before Easter. Also, I forgot to I did mention it when I said the challenge, but we didn't talk about it. Shared budget of one thousand uh, pounds. <laughs> anxiety, that was really cute. That was cute. Uh, I was watching them at the at the. I always said the the top foods at the Whole Foods. The Whole Foods. I had my eyes on Gabri. Because you know he had to borrow money from yeah, me. He's like, I'm yeah. gonna make a mole, and they're like, Don't uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish they and maybe they did, and we didn't show it, but I would have loved to see some like pre more pre planning with the chefs of like, hey, I need this ingredient. Who else needs it? Because mm-hmm. it didn't seem like they really talked about that until the cash yeah. register, and I think that's kind of like that was maybe a strategical flaw. I guess it doesn't really matter because they were able to get under budget, but I don't know how much of their like backup cart got put through the checkout or not. It seemed like as they found redundant items during checkout, they set them to the side and then they had just enough left over to buy a bottle of tequila, which is great. Which, yeah, which is really the goal at the end of the day. Like this is all about buying tequila and then some like food <laughs> items in addition. Nick, how how was your budgeting at Whole Foods on Top Chef? Did you struggle with it? Did other people struggle with it? As the as the season went on, I struggled with it. Um, you know, I was very I was very cautious at the beginning, which you know I kind of screwed myself because I was playing it safe on the budget at the beginning. And as the, you know, as the season matured, um, I started kind of risking it a little bit more and um, I've spent over and I had to minus out things. And so you can get to kind of cut it close. Um, The one thing I was going to say about this episode, too, I think these chefs are very fortunate to have this type of challenge so early, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I because I think like, you know, for example, Buddha that I'm rooting for. This is like this could be like a, the the booster for someone to really take off take off throughout this season. It really can. So hopefully, because it could be a wake up call. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, you think staff meal and all that could is it's just that simple, but sometimes it's not because of the restraints that you may be put in. So I think it's great that this this episode is so early for the chefs i wish i was in a season that this was this early get it out the way mm-hmm. and, and it was nice that they weren't being asked to unlike in last chance kitchen they weren't being asked to do some sort of progressive menu or some sort of cohesive theme throughout it was like bring something that shows you you know that you would use to celebrate like that was something that you would associate with a holiday um so that, that, I love the, the the freedom there as well. You didn't have to, although they they, I did like the comment around. Um, you know, Sarah was saying, you know, Tom was one of the two freaking Michigan 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 stars. That's <laughs> I'll tell you the the, the long story. This is a different here. rating system that <laughs> yeah, 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 perhaps like, more yeah. severe. Like, it's like, do you serve pasties? Okay, yeah, that's good. Um, the uh, yeah, it's like he's a like two Michelin star pastry chef, and she's like, "You're damn right, you're gonna make the dessert." <laughs> um, and and I'm 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 glad that he, knowing he had immunity, like agreed to that. And he was, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, 
well, Tom, do you really need that extra 10 minutes for your cake? And I continue to use the oven for my entree. And you'd be like, well, whatever. It's dense. Um, Victoire was in the top with her Modesto stew with beans, tomato, and black bean tool. Um, people were big fans of this. And based on how much Victoire content we got this episode, I really thought when she was in the top, she was winning. Brooke Williamson told us not to read the edits on Top Chef because it just doesn't it doesn't uh, follow quite the same formula as our other reality TV shows, but it's hard to not. Um, In other words, it doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> the edit doesn't make any damn sense. I can never understand it. Sorry. It's <laughs> just personally frustrating. I think all you have to let go is just because you're seeing a lot of personal story content mm-hmm. doesn't mean the person is going to finish in the top and the bottom. That's all. I know. Sure. It's just hard it's, i've been watching me... yeah i've been watching reality tv for 25 years it is hard to break out of that yes mold of thinking <laughs> i was so scared for victoire this whole episode and like the more we learn about victoire the more she becomes like the person that you want to win a reality competition mm-hmm. like we, we oh. get the little tidbit that she speaks seven languages but only learned to speak English for this competition. And when, then we found out that she lost her house in some kind of nefarious deal. Then we find out about all, all the obvious racism that she would have faced when she went to culinary school in Italy. Then we find out that she was living in her car during that entire time. Like she has really made a life for herself and, and used cooking to do that. And it's just amazing to see her. Yeah. I loved how she spelled out like that food literally saved her life. Yes. Like in cooking, you know, uh, that this this world saved her life. And and you can see it in the story she tells. So I'm glad that she I'm glad that she's been going there. We we need more of her. Her and Nicole have like one of my favorite weird little dynamics too. Like they love each other <laughs> and also like hate each other. Like they're like sisters. They can't stop bickering, but they're like so willing to help each other out. It just makes me LOL. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabri was in the bottom with his sea bass with mole verde, pickled onions, and radish with blue corn tortillas. And I think Gabri got caught up in something which I have seen in reality television before, which is that, um, you know, you kind of get caught up in a, a, a thought or a moment and you go on that dish, but that moment is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and so the dish feels sad. Like, I, I'm trying to remember who did it with um, like they didn't have a close relationship with their dad and they wanted to make a dish that kind of represented their dad. But then it just like was not a good dish because they weren't like feeling a lot of like happiness behind it. You know what I mean? Do do you guys remember this or did I dream this moment? No, I vaguely remember. But I know you're talking about it. It's it's hard to cook something with love when. You're those feelings are when you're sad, yeah, and those feelings are so complicated and tainted by loss. So I I felt for Gabri this whole episode uh, once we found out that backstory, and when he just like openly took a swig of wine after being like, "It's a celebration, right?" I was like, "Oh no, oh sweetie." <laughs> and Gail was getting teary eyed at the at the judges table as well when she was talking to him about being able to commiserate. Uh, I was like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah. 
Uh, boyfriend Ali made lamb kebab with territory sauce and pomegranate molasses, grilled salad, and flatbread. Wow, would I ever order this in a yes. restaurant? It looked incredible. So good. And I love that it felt very much felt like the point of the challenge, too. And it was cool hearing his traditions behind it. And the mm-hmm. dish just looked un- <laughs> unreal here. No one spoke during this, but it was like a good silence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buddha was in the bottom with his salmon. Salmon. Oh my god. Yeah, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan star salmon. salmon. I just <laughs> I just read every, I yeah. just read every single letter in that word. Salmon <laughs> territory and so you're Mich- <laughs> pardon? Your Michigan star now is at a one. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever had a Michigan star, well, gosh darn it, that would be the day. We're gonna rate each other from now on at the end of the podcast <laughs> in Michigan stars. My Thank you, Nick, for the idea. Handle that. You Thank you that. for the idea, Nick. This is a wonderful tradition. I'm so excited. I'm too soft. <laughs> um, with tahini yogurt, pearl couscous, sumac, chili, nuts, and grapes. Um, this looked cool. He, yeah. you know, it's interesting. He was like wanted it to be more of a salad but he didn't present it in a way of a salad and also this was a challenge in which he could have been like okay everyone like mix it all up after presentation like and we're gonna eat it as a salad but he did it and then so the judges were like pretty perplexed that that was the intended point because they're like you you were here and you didn't tell us that and i think he started to get a little bit hung up on that but then they point out it also was under season like it was, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Just, it wasn't just that you. We were confused about how. To, if anything, it was like the underseason part was, I think, the part that they wanted to, to rimbone in on. This is Buddha's first time ever on I, the bottom. I was. I was unusual. Like ever, ever? It was unusual. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Nick. If you can confirm or, or deny Buddha this being Buddha's first time on the bottom, but it felt odd. Like I was like, what? What feel? This feels strange. I go like, I'm not used to seeing Buddha in this position having to defend a dish versus you know yeah surf on the praise yeah no i think uh buddha was um technically at the bottom in the jurassic uh challenge uh, um the air sea and water challenge but he, the air, sea, and land. yeah yeah he he honestly they gave him praise on his dishes but i think it was just his two uh team members right. um yeah. Gosh, yeah, but it, it did to me. Yeah, it said it seemed odd to me too. Um, he I, doesn't I completely do well agree. down there. Mm-mm, no, he was just like, nah, I'm not having any of this. <laughs> it was it was so um, like classic. Like I, I can identify with this. Like classic overachiever. Just like uh, my brain will not allow me to process the fact that I am on the bottom in a competitive setting. I just refused. Yeah, and I I like yeah. not not just for Buddha, but also for Begonia. Like I think after when they were in their their it wasn't a room. I was gonna say their stew room, but when they were in their little area to hang out, waiting for judgment, like the other chefs kind of pulled them a little bit back on into reality. Like no, it wasn't just that you it wasn't mm-hmm. that you were home chefing it. Yeah. It was a, it was under season. Like Sarah pointed out. Like remember. They also said this, and when Begonia was kind of hooked, getting hooked onto, like she kind of felt that they were saying that she didn't know what she was doing. Like they said, no, they, this is what they said. They, they like so there was. 
I like that the other that the other at least for this this competition this specific challenge that the other chefs were there to also hear the feedback and able to provide a little sense of grounding for those who are in the bottom. Well, especially because Buddha won this challenge last season with a mm-hmm. fairly simple dish. Mm. So it's like he didn't like overly chef it last time either. Mm. He just made a perfect dish. Yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, he just tried to do a little too much this time and it yeah. did not pay off uh, in the way that he wanted, but he'll learn from it and he's He's not going home. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because Buddha is like such a fan of the show and such a fan of the game of Top Chef that he, like, out of anyone, he really would take any feedback and apply it to doing better in the competition. Yeah, exactly. Nicole made five spice pork belly and greens. It looked great. Um, Sarah made what was the only side of of the meal. And I'm kind of, I wish there were more sides, but I'm glad they didn't get penalized for not having like a, you know, a traditionally well-rounded meal. Like there was like six mains and they just went, you know what? That's fine. We're just mm-hmm. going to leave it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah made creamed greens with biscuit, brisket, briskety gravy. I love, I love it. I love a chunk of gravy. Like I want a snack in my gravy. I yes. love that. <laughs> so good. I both of the greens dishes, I was like, yes, num 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 num. Please, num num num. Begonia made leftover stew with chicken, vegetables, and peanut sauce. Again, I feel like she was cooking a little sad. Yeah, just the optics of leftover stew. You know, it doesn't sound exciting. Well, and it didn't like present as stew, even. No, that's true. It was like there was sauce. But there wasn't a stew. It was like there was sauce over components. And she was in the bottom with this one as well. Charbel, um, her her fryer, her fryer partner made eggplant fate with yeah. tomato, onion, concasse, fried eggplant, tahini yogurt, and crispy pita. This looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, it did feel bad that Begonia wasn't able to get into the fryer as soon as she would have liked. Um it sounds like part of the complaint on her dish too is just that it was really dry right. and the sauce wasn't like so I'm, I'm guessing that that the if anything is spending a little too much time in the fryer well here's my thing i think because she was worried that she didn't get enough fryer time she mm-hmm. cut it open yeah and, and then so it wasn't the, yeah all the like moisture goes right with that yeah so i'm wondering if that was part of the issue and yeah she had the sauce but they said it it leaned a little sweet so it didn't really work as a a balance to it um amar won with his braised lamb shank with prunes cinnamon sweet onions and toasted almonds i think he played this really smart by being like hey i called the oven overnight all you guys can have the beginning and the end but i just need it overnight and i'm not a big lamb girly but boy did this look excellent oh my god it looks so good i've never had lamb really what yeah never i know what? i know i feel wow. like i just admitted a big thing on here and maybe wow. i'll leave now <laughs> yeah like it's not something wow. my family ever cooked like my parents Nick <laughs> is just like wow wow so so i was gonna say I don't think you'd be considered to have a Michigan one Michigan star without eating lamb. 
negative michigan star yeah yeah you oh, oh latanya oh you want the michigan star rating as for each the, of us at the end of the episode enjoy as, as the resident michigander if anything you might lose a michigan star for having eaten land because it's not common that's almost too adventurous if you <laughs> if you like i think you have to have at least half your menu be fried and if there's anything that's like not like outside of chicken pork and, and beef then you might lose some Michelin, Michigan stars. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not a very adventurous palate <laughs> in West Michigan. Just potatoes. Yeah, so it would be uh, would be right at home. Yeah. Don't you guys eat a lot of fish? Being between two lakes or no? We're probably between like four lakes. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't include enough lakes. I only included <laughs> two of the Great Lakes or a few of the Great Lakes, and none of the small ones. My bad. Uh, there, there is a fair amount of fish here, but it's, it's again, it's often fried. Um, that's why I, I miss most about living in Chicago and Los Angeles is the breadth of the foods vegetables, going on. Vegetables, the amazing yeah. vegetables, vegetables and meals. Yep. Not, yep. Nope. Potato. You could always come and visit Chicago. It is so close. I know. I know. And Tom made an apple cake with pastry cream, applesauce, chocolate sponge, crumble, and plum sauce. And Tom Tom Judge looked him dead in the eye and said, good thing you have immunity. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice of him to take the dessert. I agree. Like, let's leave him alone. Yeah. He tried his best. I, I, I like, honestly, if someone did that for me, I'd be like forever in their debt. Like, you're taking the dessert because you have immunity? That's the nicest competitive thing that anyone yeah. could ever do yeah Nick? yeah he could have said he could have said no yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he could have said i don't care if i have immunity i want to win a challenge still i also yeah. love that he had his own little like room his own little dessert room like away <laughs> from everybody else to mix and mingle his ingredients it made me laugh he's both a michigan and a michelin star uh, pastry <laughs> chef <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, you were speaking about Tom, uh, the way Tom kind of looks at you. And, and Tom is uh, Tom has developed this over the years. He is a true professional when it comes down to body language, body language and very brief words that you try to dissect. But it's most of the time you always think in negative when it comes down to that all the time. Uh, but I but I love that moment when Tom asked that question about his cake and looked at him because I was like, I think I already know what he's talking about. How he's feeling. It, it's I, I imagine as a contestant, whenever one of the judges says, Is it supposed to be blank? <laughs> Is it supposed to be this dense? Is it supposed to be yeah. this you know, creamy? Whatever. Yes. The answer is is the answer always yes? Um, most of the time, yes. Okay. Um, and, and most of the time, you see the Padma, a Gail that says it. Um, Gail, yeah, I mean, both, I think Padma and Gail always says it. Um, and it's like a dagger. And yes, it's always like you want to be confident about what you're doing and you don't want to play guessing games and you want to just be like, I uh, take ownership over my ditch. Um, mm-hmm. and most of the time, it's yes, it's yes. <laughs> Yeah, I love that to- like chef test and Tom without even a beat. Yep, it is supposed to be yes. very dense. That's how we do it in the, in the vineyards. 
<laughs> I, like I know that he grew up on a vineyard. I'm just of course like, he did. Of course, course he did. Leave. Like, well, who are these people? Ugh, I'm obsessed. Yeah. I like that after yeah. the service, Gabri was asking him, so is it really supposed to be that dense? And he's like, yep. <laughs> double, double, in. double down. Nick, if you were having to do this elimination challenge, uh, what kind of holiday-inspired dish do you think you'd serve? Well, um, I think I would. I think I would. You know, completely be um, um, simple. I probably would have did a salad because of the restraints of fighting with oven space, and I would just need a few different burners. I would hit salty, uh, crunchy, you know, smooth and spicy in a dish. I would probably make it forward of peas, uh, probably black-eyed peas if you could find it, but um, peas or beans. And I would make a, uh, I would make a salad um, and probably no meat protein at all. Um, I will let it be straight about knife, knife cuts and blanching and dressings, very refreshing. I just think it would probably offset a lot of the things that you saw on the table as well. Yeah, and I think that's like your experience in this challenge talking to like being like, I don't even want to look at the burners. I don't want to look at mm-hmm. at any of the ovens or anything. I think a smart a salad is a very smart way to go with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't you don't want to do anything too simple. Um, you want to do something that has some creative. I mean, you, you look at the the team that you're up against. So mm-hmm. you want to put some work in regardless of whatever it is, but I would stay completely up as stove. Uh, we see Gabri, Buddha, and Begonia end up in the bottom. And I am, I was truly shooketh yeah. when they said, Begonia, pack your knives and go. I really I thought just like based on her pedigree, she was staying. Like she was staying in this competition for as long as possible. But I really think that proves that Top Chef is very much a what have you done for me lately show. It doesn't matter what she's done in the rest of the season or even like in her career. I, I was true truly shocked and i'm not usually shocked watching top chef did you think it was gonna be gabri yeah Mm. very much so i just thought we got a lot of gabri's story his dish wasn't fantastic out of the three of them he was the only one who has Mm. been in the bottom before actually i guess begonia was technically in the bottom last year Mm. whatever but you know semantics um (laughs) i was just really surprised but I thought maybe if she was going to go out, this was probably the best timeline spot for her to go out because we are getting the last chance kitchen person coming back next week. So she doesn't have to fight through a lot of people to get back. Um, And I think that she probably has the ability to really focus in last chance kitchen and maybe maybe get back. I could be wrong. Because again, mm-hmm. I have not seen Last Chance Kitchen because it is not available in Canada for whatever <laughs> reason. I'll give you the Michigan Star recap. Please <laughs> do. <laughs> when does the banjo start playing? Hey, we don't know. Okay, that's- <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Sorry, I just I can't help it. Whenever I see any white people, I hear banjos. <laughs> just how my brain works. <laughs> oh. <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> Do I give off 
banjo vibes? No. Okay, great. For you, I hear more of like, I just like the light scent of Taylor Swift, you know? I do give off that vibe. Absolutely. <laughs> that yeah. I will claim. So what you're saying is I exude banjo. <laughs> Thanks, Latanya. I appreciate that. Do uh, you want me to jump to LSPK? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. You can do Please whatever you want, Kurt. Okay, so Last Dance Kitchen, we saw part one of the finale. Uh, so we had uh, Begonia was joining Luciana and Dale there. And their challenge was they had to make a sort of progressive three-course meal. So there's supposed to be some cohesiveness. About one course had to be crunchy, one course had to be chewy, and one course had to be creamy. Uh, interestingly, I it's like, you kind of got the sense that Dale and to some extent Luciana would be like, okay, Thomas said go, let's talk about our game plan. But Begonia just runs straight for the fridges. She's like, I'm doing crispy. Like there was like no negotiation with her to the point where both Begonia and Luciana were developing dishes made with squab. Uh, and it wasn't supposed to be like a squab theme, but to the point where uh, we saw you know, Dawn over in the peanut gallery kind of comments on, oh, they're both using And then when Tom realized that he was also, also had found it unusual. So there was, uh, there was, uh, yeah, Battle of the Squats. Um, For some reason, <laughs> Dawn was like, hello, <laughs> you're both yeah. doing squab. Hello. There, yeah, there was no getting through to the going in. Uh, so, so anyway, Luciana ended up doing a crunchy uh, course uh, with uh, crispy skin and chopped squab cassava with parsley and marsala reduction. Uh, Begonia ended up doing the crispy course, squab with crispy skin, concrete mushrooms, and Madeira reduction. And Dale ended up doing the creamy course, mascarpone and lemon curd sabayon, macerated strawberries, meringue, basil and cilantro and i don't believe my notes here as i have them in here are correct i believe like that begonia had uh one and advanced and i think that dale was the second place one it was luciana who ended up getting eliminated so yeah uh, the the notes i have here like as i'm reading this i'm like i don't remember dale getting eliminated no what are you doing yeah i'm sorry I must have been drunk. Zero I was Michigan like, stars. I was like, oh, this is interesting that both the squab dishes went through. I really <laughs> yeah. thought they would have picked one or the other. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so Dale and Begonia end up advancing. Luciana ends up and, 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 and uh, she picked the she picked the crunchy course or ended up at the crunchy course, but she her menu description still said crispy skin and chopped squab. Like, but she ended up chopping the squab up fine to give it more of a crunchiness to it when it was after it was cooked. It was it was strange that okay, they both had crispy and they both had squat. So yeah, that's um, weird. and then Dale just wanted to do his own thing. Um, it yeah. was this was a wild uh, last chance kitchen because the instructions were that they were supposed to essentially choose amongst them um, who got to do what. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened at no. all. Nope. <laughs> no, but going was, was just like, like I'm doing crispy. <laughs> like ran and got squab. And I'll tell you I'm doing squab if you ask me. Yeah. Anyway. And then Dale's like, wait a minute, aren't we supposed to? And by that time, oh. the women had already chosen what they wanted to do and were already cooking. And he was like, ah, it's so yeah. weird. The uh and, and this was like I said, I think we'll we'll be seeing 
part two of the challenge, I imagine, yeah. next week during the main show. So there, Dale and Begonia, they have to create six T-Towers for two, each of the T-Towers featuring a finger sandwich, a scone, and a pastry. So there's going to be six total things per tower, six towers. Um, I can only imagine that the uh, the six T-Towers for two are going to be served to the, the current contestants. Now, do you think any of the current chef testants are going to help in the preparation of these, or do you think they have enough time? Like they're going to be given enough time? You don't get help in Last Chance Kitchen. Sometimes you do. Remember, wow. brother left, brought like a team, and they all wanted to like not do well because they wanted their friend to come back. But oh, right, they... yeah. The second you said it, Kurt, you were like, "Damn it, I'm wrong." Wow. Steel trap. Um, so that would be interesting. Like I feel like you might see something like that more if there was like a second round. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So they kept framing this as the LCK finale, they used that term several times. Yeah, I think they're done with it after this. Yeah, so we've often we've seen it before where they've done like one entrance about now into like mm-hmm. top 11 or so, and so when we get down to like five or six, but. They seem to be saying this is the end of Last Chance Kitchen, so we'll see. I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the way to go um, on Top Chef. You know, say that. Yep. Nick, you never did. You never did Last Chance Kitchen. Tough. You were too good at Top Chef to make it to Last Chance Kitchen. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, I never. I never did Last Chance Kitchen. Um, I, I tell you, um, when I, when Ashley came back. Um, she was the first one to come back, and that's when we had the sweet and salty challenge. It was one of the most exciting episodes ever. It was so much energy. Everybody was happy to see Ashley back. So I'm hoping that this next episode is going to be just like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a good match off because both of those chefs are great. So can't wait to see it. Yeah, so you excited. have a favorite in mind. Uh, I like want to say. I like okay. Both. I don't want yeah. very democratic of you. I like. He yeah. doesn't want to end up on Top Chef World Moral <laughs> Stars too and have either one of them on his bad side. Yeah, that's a good point. Look, let me tell As... you, I'm trying to get three Michigan stars. I'm trying to get three. <laughs> Your petition has been uh, forwarded to the appropriate panel. I'll let you know how that happens. Thank you. Yes. So now is the point in the podcast where we talk about our favorite things we've eaten this week. Kurt Clark, tell me what you ate this week. (laughs) I don't know if it's because we did our last recording on Tuesday and I've just not had a lot of, I've just not had a lot of interest. I know, I feel the same way. I feel the opposite. Because like, I feel like the last few weeks I've been like, I'm depressed. I haven't eaten anything good. And like, it's been four days since I've talked to you last. I'm like, I've had a great time this week. I mean, I there's the local place where they have like an amazing spicy pork bulgogi burrito, and I ordered it and I got it home and it wasn't what I'd ordered. I was very it was been a disappointing food week. So uh, I'm gonna cede my time to the rest of the, the panel and yeah, nothing nothing really exciting from a food food perspective here. You're gonna have to step it up tonight then. I I can't have you have a completely unexciting week of food. I'll get something in for next time. Okay. We've got some meal kits that arrived, so I'll be making some like 
you know, Korea-inspired quesadillas and such. So. Well, Tanya, what exciting things did you eat this week? Um, I had some um, salt and pepper prawns this week mm. that were really, really good. Really, really good. Um, I also had um, a traditional um, some poached eggs that were just like, I don't like a runny egg. Like it, it kind of freaks me out. I'm one of those people who normally eats their eggs scrambled. And so when I get them poached, I always ask them to be poached all the way through basically, but without being like a a hard boiled egg, because that's kind of what happens when you poach them too much. Um, And they managed to do it exactly how I'm like, okay, with the level of, of like goo of an egg. I'm the opposite. I scrambled (laughs) eggs creep me out. Really? I can't even, I don't even like looking at them. Or like yeah. a deviled egg or a hard-boiled egg. They, I can't look at them. They really? <laughs> I don't know what it is. They just like freak me out. Or like Ethan loves an egg salad sandwich and I genuinely can't even like wash him eat it. <laughs> no. Um, this week, <laughs> this week I made some mushroom soup, which was really good. I, you know, soup season is not over in my heart. It is still very cold here in the mornings and at night. So I've been making, I love a soup. Um, and I'm in my I'm in my crispy chickpea era. So I had a salad this week with some crispy chickpeas, and I was a big fan. Um, oh, I have a salad in the fridge that has crispy chickpeas. It'll be great. I can promise yeah, it's you. It's a burrata salad. I'm excited Ooh. about it. Um, I even got back to baking this week. Who am I? I don't even recognize myself anymore. I made <laughs> some sugar cookies, and I made. I thought they were really cute cookies. They were like layered, but. In the middle, it had a lemon curd, and I cut like a little hole in it so it looks like an egg. Um, Tanya, you may not like them because it looks like a runny egg, but I thought they were adorable. Um, I also made some cornbread yesterday. I made my own butter with it, you know, using some whipping cream. That was the first time I'd ever made butter, but I just like wanted to try it. And the recipe I followed was like, once you figure out how easy this is, you'll never buy store bought butter again. No, I hated doing it. It was annoying. <laughs> I'm never making butter again. I had to stand there squeezing it for so long and I hated it so much and my hands felt disgusting. I now understand why butter is $7 at the grocery store these days. Like, I'm fine with it. I will pay full price butter now. Um, and then our big takeout of the week. I can't um, wait for out of context uh, rap for that little one. Um, if you've watched The Bear... You'll know that Maddie Matheson is in The Bear. Yes. He He plays back. Yeah. He has a restaurant down the road from me. Um, And so we got takeout from there. It's called uh, Rizzo's House of Parm. And it is unreal. We've been there once before. And we got takeout this time. We got chicken parm and a a bolognese. The best matzo sticks on earth. And probably the best wedge salad I've ever had. And a tiramisu. And it was all very fantastic. So I actually had a good four days in food this week look at me go wow it's amazing yeah nick what did you make and or eat and or both this week or you know previous things you want to talk about we're not picky here tell us all of the things about all of the food that you are roasting or toasting or whatever it is that you're doing since we saw you on so yes yeah since yeah since about a year ago (laughs) so um since visiting um, Chicago, 
I have been wanting to uh, recreate a dish that um, that Damar um, fed me at Virtue. And sorry, you visited Chicago and you didn't tell me. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, I think you have to go. It was really nice having Nick on the podcast this week. Are you taking away his Michigan star? Yeah. Now you got ne- negative Michigan stars. There's nothing more Michigan than ignoring Latanya when you visit Chicago. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm coming back to Chicago. <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna and I'm gonna actually prepare you some lamb while I'm there. How about oh, that? Yes. I love this. That's I like love seven it. Michigan stars right there. Yes. You know, so I'll make it up. I'll make it up. I promise. Okay. So um so Damar fed me this uh this chicken liver, this fried chicken liver dish that was out of this freaking world. So uh this week, um that's what we did. So we're getting one of our kitchens remodeled so uh we just did staff meal and did um like a crispy rice uh risotto um and we did some fried chicken uh gizzards that was out of this world and the uh chicken gravy was um um steeped with like spicy chilies a lot of spicy chilies when i tell you it was the it was the most um tastiest thing i've had in a long 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 time Honestly, staff meals should get a lot more respect to me, I think. The staff meals, honestly, is appropriate to be on restaurant meals. I mean, it's just what it is. Uh, but we all should eat good, just as good as the as the clients sometimes, too. Um, mm-hmm. And just so you know, um, since receiving this SBA award that I just uh, received, um my Easter weekend is full of nothing but my mom's uh, favorites from my childhood. So I'm leaving Tupelo and headed back to Jackson today. And my mom is going to do all my childhood uh, bills today, um, oh, which I'm wow. so, yeah, it's going to be her. My mom has the best cornbread in, in America. I mean, the world period. Um, it's so tasty. She got stewed chicken that she's doing. She called me this morning and told me all about it. Um, she make the, some of the best mac and cheese in this world too. Um, do you wow. like yours baked um, or do you like it just off the stove? Baked. It has to be baked. Yes. That it is has correct. To be. I love my With grandmother's big crust. mac and cheese. Yes. Yeah. The cheese crust should go all the way around the mac and cheese. And the middle I agree. should be the creamy. Yes. It's like yes. a pie. Mac yeah, exactly. and cheese pie. Uh, so my my mom is doing some heirloom beans. So we have some heirloom, like three different uh, variation of like black eyed peas, some green, some purple, uh, some yellow. So she's going to do that. She's stewing those down. Um, I have to speak about it because I can guarantee you it's going to get five stars. And I'm going to give her actually probably three Michigan stars today after <laughs> eating today, if that's okay. Um, and that's how my week is going to finish up. And then. Um, next week I am, um, testing out some, some Girl Scout, uh, cookies. I'm going to make, um, I'm, I'm feeding the troops, um, just to say thank you for all the work that they do. Um, and I'm pitching this, uh, Mississippi mud, um, cookie that hopefully we can get a, a new flavor that's named after Mississippi next year. That is oh, so nice. nice. That's really cool. I I would buy some Mississippi Mud Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Okay. We're well, cool. <laughs> I'll send y'all boxes and boxes of them. 
<laughs> I love this. I'm getting lamb. I'm getting uh, a visit to Chicago. I'm getting Girl Scout cookies. Yes, let's have more guests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, and we we have to go and eat at um Damar's place too, Virtue. Have you been there? I've never been there, which makes me feel really bad about myself. Um because it's just right here. <laughs> yeah. You should. I you feel should. like I couldn't get in, like I wouldn't be able to get a reservation. I don't know. Um yeah, leave him a message with the uh, Damar, and of course, let me know. I can, I can always buzz him, and and we can I'll let you know of... because I have no like on like going conversations with Damar at all. I, I have like you were the only one who reached out to be like I listened to the podcast. And I was like, what? Um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did we say? I hope we were just as unhinged in person as we are over here. No, yeah, 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 y'all off. Awesome. Awesome. Completely awesome. No, this is great. We're going to make this a tradition, too. And then Michigan Star thing needs to be a part going forward, please. Yes. I went into uh, chat GPT and asked it, what would you have to do to earn Michigan Stars? And my favorite one, there's there's something you'd expect, like serve only dishes made with ingredients sourced from Michigan, such as blueberries, (laughs) cherries, and Burner's ginger ale. But my two favorite ones are Offer a Uper challenge for diners who can finish a five-pound pasty in under 30 minutes. Oh, and no. replace, oh my God. replace all standard cutlery with sporks, which are famously used in Michigan <laughs> prisons. <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> so uh, I'll fine-tune the list. And uh, Yeah, seriously. Oh. Let's kind of try to keep the prison utensils out. <laughs> I was like, chat GPT, you can do better. Come on. That's so funny. Oh, do better, oh. sweet pea. Nick, it was an absolute dream to have you on. You were fantastic. Where can people find you on the internet if you want them to find you on the internet? And what are you up to? I hear you have a book. Yes. So um, I have a a book uh, called Rooted. Um, It will be published and ready to go at the end of the year. Uh, Be out for next year. Um, So uh, you can find me on the internet at nickwallaceculinary.com and Reflection Chef on Twitter. Um, please engage with me. Um, my website is nickwallaceculinary.com. I am uh, designing a uh, preserved culinary center, kind of a culinary school, but it's there for the um, uh, the community cooking classes. Um, we have a grocery store inside. We're doing farming, oh, wow. on the grounds farming. <clears throat> the workforce, uh, we're really trying to hit the workforce, uh, just trying to get people inspired. Uh, visiting colleges and high schools of culinary departments and just trying to get people inspired and all to get into the culinary field, not just because of TV, but because of love and, and just, you know, keep encouraging folks to be uh, awesome, especially if you are any chef of color. So my book is going to represent the Chinese culture, the Jewish communities. Uh, it's going to represent them in a, as a whole, just, just because the, the reason why I took TV back in 2013 was because of my outcome for Cutthroat Kitchen and because of how the chefs were staying in my ear and talking bad about me because I was from Mississippi, thinking that we are riding horses through stoplights. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just sick of the, the bad, you know, outcomes of how people talk about Mississippi. We, we, we can compete at a high level. I mean, 
you know, I was one of the, the, the first that's a Mississippi resident to be on Top Chef, and we're going to have more to come. So uh, these stories are about to be told, and this book is going to be super, super great for the world. Awesome. Amazing. And Nick, your seasoning is still available on sale, right? Yes, my seasoning, Nick's 26. I have, since Top Chef, I have sold uh, probably about 30,000 bottles or so. Oh, amazing. Um, awesome. That's I, I, great. Uh, Top Chef yeah, listeners, wrap up listeners, be 30,000 and one through 30,500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can um, people buy that? You can go to nickwallaceculinary.com and you can order it and it'll be shipped right to your door. And that, and that's one of the things that, too, about Buddha, that's why I'm pushing for him hard. Because honestly, Buddha didn't see me as anybody other than uh, a friend and a colleague, you know, a chef that he was competing with. But we had a, a really good storyline that kind of matched. And he was a, uh, he helped promote, you know, Nick's 26 on Top Chef. And he was great with it. And he sells it currently in his restaurant and his little market area he has at the restaurant, too. Uh, he buys it all the time. And he cooks all his that. steaks with oh Mix 26. Gosh, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, actually tears my eyes. I know. That's so I, sweet. Because you always wonder if these people that seem nice on television are actually good human beings in real life. Mm-hmm. And we're finding out that they are. We're finding out that, like, you know, you and Damar are continuing to hang out and, like, be buds. You and Buddha have this wonderful business relationship that's also a friendship. It's so great. That's so great to hear. Yeah, me and Ashley, I went down to Asheville and um, did a three-day pop-up with Ashley. And it was great to be in her hometown. And, oh, wow. Uh, we cooked some amazing food. And just to, just to see and hear the reactions from her community and people that was originally from Mississippi that lives there. It was great. It was great to see Ashley in her element, too. She's a she's an awesome chef. But, you know, I just spoke of our restaurant wars, too. I just hope you know that. It was Damar, Ashley, Buddha. You know, that was our restaurant wars. When I tell you season 20... Restaurant Wars is going to be out of this space. So we're going to judge everybody off of each team off Michigan Stars. Forget anything else. (laughs) We will for sure. (laughs) So, Kurt, please get the guidelines together before Restaurant Wars. Yeah, have Chat GPT get on the guidelines. I might have to, I I think we've seen, I might have to adjust. uh, Yeah. But otherwise, yes, I'll be honest. Please adjust for prisons. Uh, yeah. Kurt, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm at Kurt Clark, Kurt with a C, Clark with a C, on uh, Instagram, or Twitter, pretty much uh, 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 untapped if you check in on what beers you're drinking. Um, Goodreads, I think I'm Kurt Clark. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just take pictures of food every so often and put them there. Latanya, what do you have going on this week? Um... Mari Fourth and Chappelle and I are your connect to a couple couple different shows on post show recaps. Uh, the first is Snowfall, which um, is in its final season. We just covered the anti penultimate episode, um, so we are having a lot, which was directed actually by I mean Joseph, who plays Jerome on the show. Um, so we have a lot to talk about when it comes to that. We only have two episodes of the show left. So it's getting really excited. 
Uh, Mari and I are also your connect to Swarm, which is the new Janine Neighbors, Donald Glover show, which is just a wild show uh, <laughs> about food in a weird way. Um, but uh, also just about kind of like obsessive fandoms. And I think that's something we can all identify with. So yeah. uh, you can join us for that. I am still on my versus BS with Josh Wiggler. We are doing Succession versus Yellow Jacket. So we got two of the biggest water cooler shows and we get to talk about them both in one podcast. That's been fantastic. And it's been really interesting watching all of the ways that these shows are actually alike, even though it doesn't seem like they would be at all. I'm also, uh, along with DM Philly and Brendan Fitzpatrick, working on the Mandalorian feedback show. Uh, We just talked about the most recent episode of the Mandalorian, which guest starred Lizzo and Jack Black and Sasha Banks. And just like all kinds of people were in this episode. Christopher Lloyd was in this episode. Um, So that was a lot of fun. And we also talked about Star Wars Celebration and all the news that's coming out about new Star Wars movies and new TV shows and the Ahsoka um, Tano um, uh, trailer that just dropped. So we are talking about all of that there. Uh, and when I'm not doing that, I'm talking with you all. So um, you can find me on Twitter at LK Starks talking about all of the TV and the movies and more. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Stormborn1222, mostly tweeting pictures about food, honestly. Haley, <laughs> what are you? What are you up to? Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, I joined my friend Tori on the Ready to Be Petty podcast. So that should be coming out early this week. Um, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HStrong underscore. And if you want to check out everything I'm reading, you can check out my bookstagram account at the Strong Library. Nick, thank you again so much for joining us. This was so much fun. We hope to have you back again. And to everyone else, pack your knives and go. Bye. Bye. See y'all.